people love a crisis. They love drama. If it wasn't so, we wouldn't have reality TV, which is just drama. Soapies wouldn't be popular. And Neighbours would not still be on. It's still on, apparently. I saw the ad the other day, so it has to be. <laughs> because it's drama, and people love drama. I mean, the news now runs for about, like, two hours in the evening, a couple of hours in the morning. You can watch the midday broadcast, and then there's updates all day just to make sure you're scared all the way through your day. <laughs> yeah? Nothing like responsible reporting. And what really bugs me is actually hearing um, Christian churches going, we're planning on when we have to shut down. And I go, is anyone planning to pray? Is anyone planning to stand on God's word? Amen. So I thought, let's have a bit of Psalm 91 truth, yeah? Let's preach a bit of Psalm 91 because if you listen to what's out there, I don't understand the toilet paper, I'm sorry, that's got me bamboozled. And I'll tell you off when the camera's not on certain other things that <laughs> are happening around the world. Apparently in one of the countries it's herbs, so work that one out. They've run out of herbs. Huh? There you go. And I'm told that in a certain um, American country that 54% of the people won't drink Corona because they're afraid of getting the virus. <laughs> True stat. Although 98% of stats are made up on the spot, so who knows, yeah. <laughs> Psalm 91. Let's have some truth because there's a lot of facts and misinformation floating around. But what does God say about crisis? What does God say about disease? What does God say about creation? What does he say about climate change? What does he say about wars and terror and all these things? Because, you see, the part of being a Christian is it is well with my soul. So the bottom line is if you die, you go to heaven. It's just a doorway from one life to the next. Right? So that's the worst case scenario. And a part of coaching in what I do is we get people to face up what's the worst that can happen. And if you can handle the worst that can happen, you can handle everything else, right? So your worst case scenario is spending eternity in heaven in the presence of Jesus. Anyone here not able to handle that? <laughs> Online, can you not handle that? All right, so we can handle the worst case scenario. Yeah? So let's look at what the best case scenario is and what Jesus actually, what the Bible actually says. Because Jesus and his word are one, right? Amen. Yep. So what does he say? Psalm 91. Let's get some truth. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. All that says is, are you abiding in Christ? And John 15 says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, Ask whatever you want, and it'll be done. Oh, but what's God's will? Well, abide in him and you'll know it. Simple as that. How do you abide? You read the word. You pray. You worship. 
I will say of the Lord, verse 2, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let me ask you, do you trust God? Do you trust him to handle your life? Do you trust him to do what he says in his word? Or do you trust what everyone says out there? Who do you trust the most? Because it says the next bit, surely. So that means absolutely. There is no room for negotiation. If something is a sure thing, and I'm not talking about going to the races, not that sort of sure thing. When you talk about God's sure thing, it's a sure thing. You can take it to the bank. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from what? The deadly pestilence. Which is all virus is, is just a pestilence, right? And he says, he will deliver you from it. And that doesn't mean he's going to give it to you and then make you well. Right? It says he will deliver you because he says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find protection. And that's like, like a mother bird with her chicks that when danger comes, she covers them. They don't even see the danger because they're covered under there. They're all snugly in and warm and comfortable and, you know, having a good old time. No idea what's happening out there. There could be a storm raging around that nest. But the mother bird covers it and takes the brunt of the storm. And none of it touches the birds, the baby birds. And God says, that's how I am. I deliver you. I cover you completely with my feathers that it won't even come near you. It won't even affect you. You know when it affects you? When you stick your head out from under the wing. You know, if the bird goes, I don't want to be under here, Mum. I want to be out there. I'm going out. I'm getting out. And jumps out from under that wing, then that baby bird is exposed to everything around. But as long as that baby bird stays under that wing, it's safe, fully safe. Maybe it can hear the noise of the wind howling, the rain coming down. It may be able to hear it. But it can't be touched as long as mum is over the top. And it's the same. You might hear the stuff that's out there. You might hear the rumours. But as long as you stay in the shelter of the Most High, you're safe. Yeah? It's just noise. Yeah? Just noise. Because his faithfulness, his faithfulness, get that right? shall be your shield and wall. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Nor the what? The pestilence that pursues in the darkness, nor the destruction that strikes at noonday. In other words, it doesn't matter if it's morning, noon or night. Whatever comes your way, you are under the covering of the Almighty. And you know what? A thousand might fall at your side. 10,000 could fall at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. 
as long as you stay in the shelter of the Most High. What you listen to, what you put in, will determine whether you stay in that shelter. If you're going to sit there and you're going to watch that news cycle over and over and over, you're going to read those papers, you're going to keep putting that stuff in, you're going to get on the net and put it in and put it in and go through a feed and put it in, you're going to get afraid. And when you get afraid, you step out from under the shelter of the Most High because you no longer trust Him. And yes, you then expose yourself. And that's where people say stupid things like, oh, we're all going to get it. We're all going to be in drought because that's what climate change does. No, we're all going to freeze now. We're all going to burn. No, we're going to be iced over. No, we're going to hit by a virus. No, a meteor is going to come and do it. The sun's going to burn us all up and explode. I can list off the amount of things that are floating around out there that you can grab a hold of. And as long as you listen to them, then you will get into fear. See, what you feed is what you become. Your spiritual body is like your physical body. If you put a whole lot of rubbish into your physical body, guess what happens? It does. It starts to feel like rubbish. It starts to feel bad, yeah? No matter how wonderful it might taste at the time, if it's got no nutritional value, then your body suffers. It's the same with what's going out there. If you keep feeding on things, no matter how good you might feel to get in that little discussion with everybody and, and talk about how bad it is, and oh, you're going to start to feel bad. Your soul will not prosper. Amen. If that's what you're putting in. Oh, but these people talk about it. You don't have to listen. You don't have to be a part of that conversation. You don't even have to agree and sit there silently. You know what? I push back. And eventually people stop talking about it because they don't want you pushing back. And they go, good, conversation stopped. We can change now. And if they argue with me, I go, you're allowed to be wrong. Everyone has that right to be wrong. It's their prerogative. They don't have to agree with me. But it doesn't mean I have to take what they say either. Look, you don't have to be aggressive and horrible about it, but you don't have to agree with the lies of the devil. Because God's word is truth. And it doesn't matter if every house in this neighborhood got sick and fell over. It will not come near us. And if you're going, well, that doesn't happen. Yes, it doesn't. It happens regularly. I remember Jesse DePlanis talking during Hurricane Katrina and they're in the middle of New Orleans. Hurricane went right through the middle of there. And he says they were leaving their headquarters and, and they'd just redone all their gardens and put in these big trees and stuff and done the grass and everything else. And he said to the devil, he said, well, one tree comes down. He said, you owe me seven times. He said, there's one tile missing from the roof. I'm coming seven times. And he says, everywhere around them was absolutely destroyed and the, every, all their headquarters and all of their staff houses were absolutely fine. You see, you don't have to get in with everybody else and their destruction. I figure if people want to go and destroy themselves, that's their choice. We don't have to agree. In fact, you know what? If you don't go in that space, it gives you room then to make a difference in their lives when they do step in that space. 
because they then became a centre in the middle of that hurricane of resources. People would come and bring resources to them and they were able to impact their community around them, reach out to their neighbours, change their lives, share Jesus because they had the resources to make a difference and show the goodness of God. And that's what we do. They're walking around feeling sick and everything else. You know, we're not supposed to shake hands. You see, physical contact is hugely important in our lives. Being able to have physical contact between humans, we're actually wired for that. We're wired to engage with each other. It's a point of connection. And when you remove those things from society through fear, that you can't shake hands with somebody and connect through that. That you can't give somebody a hug. You actually start to deplete your soul. Even if you're not a huge physical touch type person, you start to deplete your soul. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to create division. He came to steal, to kill and to destroy. So if I figure all these things, they're here to steal, kill and destroy, right? You go through this list of things in here. They're all about destruction. And he's come to destroy society, to make it so people can't gather together. So they feel isolated and alone. And then he can get into their little thoughts and start to destroy people. People who might be on the edge, it pushes them over the edge. People struggling with depression, it pushes them further in because they're isolated and alone. They don't feel supported. That's his plan. And he uses fear to do it. You know how you cast out fear? You know, the opposite of fear is not faith. It's love. Perfect love. And you see, he, when you create division, there's no room for love. So we need to understand the enemy's tactics. You know, if you actually read the facts about the coronavirus and what's happening right now, it's less than 3%. And they're very, very unwell people who are dying from it. That was telling me that in an interview of two people who came off one of the ships and actually they've been through the virus and come out the other side and they're fine. And they said, you know, what was it like, you know, going for the big dramatic, oh, terrible. And the woman said, oh, I had a mild headache for a little bit. They're like, what? Oh, I just had this mild headache for an hour or so. And they'd been blood tested and tested positive for this virus. And they went, what? Uh, and what about you, sir? I, I think I coughed for a couple of hours, just mildly. And that was it. They functioned perfectly, absolutely normal, but they had tested positive for the virus. And so they'll go, oh, so this is the problem is people don't know they've got it, so they're spreading it. And look, I'm not being flippant. I've worked in aged care. I understand the risks in that space for people. But the reality is that God's word is stronger. And often what we're afraid of is just this little thing. You know what I mean? He starts out as this pitty little snake and he had to borrow that body in Genesis. And the Bible says we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see the devil and go, that's what we were worried about. Because he is weak compared to just the simple feathers of our father. 
Yeah. And the only tactic he's got is fear. That's all he's got. It's to try and discourage us and dissuade us and make us think that we're no good, we can't do it, it's impossible, people are against us, we can't make it. He uses fear. And it's not truth. It's not truth. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, verse 7, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling. There shall no evil, no evil before you, neither shall any plague, any plague come near your dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Guard you in all your ways. So if you're worried about sickness, he will guard you in every area of health if you will abide in him and let him abide in you and just do what he says. Now, I know there's common sense stuff. Yes, you wash your hands, you eat properly, you exercise, you do the right thing. But bigger than all that. Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching um, some research a couple of weeks ago and they actually were saying the secret of long life. And this massive research was done and they went through and they worked out you know, what is the biggest factor for long life. And they worked out it actually wasn't your diet. I mean, that certainly helps, eating right. But it actually wasn't the main factor in long life. You know, maybe it's exercising or you know, not smoking or not drinking you know, excessively. Absolutely not. There are actually people who haven't eaten well, who have smoked, who have drunk and actually still lived very long lives. Now, obviously, your mortality rate is higher in those areas because they have an effect. But they were not the key factors. You are the number one factor by a long way, the biggest influence in having a long life. It's actually love. It's social contact. If you actually have people around you that you regularly meet with, that you regularly talk with, that you engage with in a social situation, you will actually live a longer, happier life. The other key is the more birthdays you celebrate, the longer you live, apparently. <laughs> but the number one key is actually social interaction. Love. Isn't that amazing? That if you want to live a long life, then we need to engage together. We need to hang out together. We need to talk together. It's actually having people in your life that you could share your life with. So, I mean, come on, a church is one of the most powerful things you can do in your life. And they actually prove that. They actually say people who go to church live longer. Seven years longer, on average. And we're, it's, we're above average. Because there's social interaction. There's love. It's powerful, isn't it? So you know what? If you start to do what the Bible says, it actually transforms your life. Now, it may not be a microwave transformation where, you know, I mean, Dal wanted a hot cross bun for breakfast this morning. I know it's not Easter, but she likes her hot cross buns. So I came out and, you know, She's, you know, she said, I can have a cup of hot water and hot grass, but I said, I can do that. 
the hot cross buns are in the freezer. So I took it out and I put it in the microwave and 25 seconds later, it's defrosted. Isn't that amazing? If I put that on the bench, how long would that have taken? Quite a long time. And you know what? God does microwave experiences. I think too often we say he doesn't, but he does. He does that microwave thing, doesn't it? I mean, I look at Rebecca and this job she's going to. You know, Christy rings up and we're blaming her. <laughs> but she rings up and says, I've got this friend looking for a job. Christy thought it was in Perth. I've got to give her that much. Tell me to fill a job and, you know, in no time at all, this sort of surreal experience, suddenly Rebecca's moving to the other side of the country to this job that she, you know, it looks fantastic for her and is wonderful. It was just this overnight thing. And so when she got the news, she's going, well, I can be there in two weeks. I've got to sell my life. I mean, she lists her car on Thursday night. Less than 12 hours later, it's sold. And it wasn't cheap. And everything she took her life and basically put it on for sale on whatever platform she used and they were ringing within half an hour and they were gone within the hour. It was just God did the microwave experience and just made it so easy for her. But there's other times it takes a bit longer, yeah? There's other times that we don't get to put it in the microwave, we leave it out to defrost. And then it takes overnight or a bit longer. But you know what? God still fulfills his word. He still does what he says he's going to do. And we look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and we often look at them and they're the three guys that wouldn't bow down to the idol back in Daniel's time. And so the king went, you won't bow down to my idol, then I'm going to throw you in the fire. Now God could have stopped them being thrown in the fire, but he didn't need to. Because he knew they wouldn't be consumed by the fire. So it didn't matter they put in the fire, did it? didn't matter that Daniel was put into the lion's den. He could have stopped Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. But it didn't matter that he was down there because they didn't consume him. And I think we need to understand that, that sometimes when we go through the fire, sometimes when we feel like we're in the lion's den, sometimes when life around us feels like it's all you know, chaotic, he doesn't need to deliver us from the situation because he's already delivered us from the situation. Do you understand? It's not going to touch you anyway, so it doesn't matter that you're there. That's our God. So it doesn't matter that there's viruses floating around, that there might be bushfires, that the climate might be changing hot and cold and whatever they decide tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter that jobs may change, that people may move, that things in our world are different. It doesn't matter because God's already delivered us from it. He's already put us under his wing and said, I've already got a way through because I know what the end story is. He says, Beloved, I pray above all things, John wrote, that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So let me ask you, are you prospering your soul? How do you prosper your soul? You rest in Jesus. You be a person of prayer. You be a person who reads the word. You be a person who does out and does things they enjoy. 
Yeah, for me, I love going to the beach. I don't necessarily like swimming that much. I just like being at the beach. Some of my best, most prosperous moments were actually, I used to take a Monday morning and I'd just grab my Bible and a notebook and I used to go down to, to City Beach before they developed it all to what it is now and, and you could look out over the water from the car park. I'd just sit in my car and used to watch the storms roll in through July and August. And it used to be just awesome watching these storms coming in and the rain coming through and the waves reacting to that and just sitting in my car safe but enjoying what was there. And that used to prosper my soul. And I'd just read my Bible and pray and just hang out with God for an hour or two. It's simple things that prosper your soul. So turn off the news. There's nothing good there anyway. Heck, the Eagles even lost the Dockers yesterday, so there's really nothing good. <laughs> Pre-season, doesn't matter. <laughs> There's nothing good there. There's nothing you don't miss out if you don't. You know, we stopped listening, watching the news a long time ago, and you know what? I've never missed out. I get the weekend paper because you know I keep up with the sport. You know, read the back pages. I don't even read the front section really anymore. People go, "Oh, you ignorant, ill-informed." No, I find people are quite happy to tell me what's going on. <laughs> I know what's happening out there. But it's not, most of what's reported on the news or in the paper is just not true. It's somebody's opinion. So much so that I, mean, I saw an article the other day that apparently Channel 9 had this whole article and it was a fake article. And they put it on their news bulletin. And it was someone having a go. I like to read the good news, I like to read the truth. Yeah? Just think all that time we're reading all that rubbish if we actually read the truth. How different it would be, you know? I actually found myself in the middle of, I've been around it at work and stuff like this, and I actually found myself getting anxious about all that's going on. I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't get anxious about this. So I came home and I thought, I was actually thinking about this morning and what we're going to talk about. And I thought, we nearly took out a Psalm 91. I picked it up. I started reading through Psalm 91. You know, within 10 minutes of sitting here just reading it and meditating on it, just peace of God just flooded my life. And that carried me through the next few days. That's the power of the truth of God's word. So the choice, though, is yours. Are you going to be afraid of the fire? Or are you going to stand in the fire and say, my God is good? Can't touch me. Can't touch me. <laughs> it, can't, it can't touch you. Because you're under his wings. His wings cover you. You can walk through the middle of the worst virus situation and it will not touch you. you know, Dale will share something later about, she'll send it out through, through Messenger, but you know, John G. Lake, he actually went in the middle of bubonic plague, he went there in the middle of that and he said in the lab and he said, you got a sample of that virus? And they said, yes. He said, put it on my arm. And they challenged him, and they, did. and they put the plague on his arm and watched it under a microscope as the power of God that was running through his veins killed that plague right there on his arm. See, that's how God works, that even if it gets near you, it's just going to die. Let me finish with um, 
the end of the verse because it keeps going. You know, you strike your foot against, you won't strike your foot against a stone. You deliver you from the lion, the serpent, and go on. But in the end of it, he says, you know, God says we call upon Him and He answers us. So if you're stressed out, call upon Him; He'll answer you. He says He'll be with you in trouble. See, it doesn't mean there won't be trouble around your life, but He'll be with you. And He says, "And I will deliver you." And not just that, I will honour you. You see, when God honours you, you get to glorify him. Like Christian did then. Trouble was all around him. The storm was all around. But he delivered them. And honoured. And he says, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's who we are. You're saints of God. Yeah? You are his workmanship. And he doesn't waste his workmanship. So let's abide in him. Let him abide in us. Turn off the rubbish and talk the goodness of God. Yeah? Father, we want to bless you. We want to honour you and thank you for your word and the life it brings. That Lord, no matter what goes on around us, no matter what people say is happening, you are our deliverer. You are the overcomer and we find shelter in your wings. That pestilence cannot touch us. Storms cannot touch us. Fires cannot touch us. Whatever fear the devil brings cannot touch us because we are safe in your wings. That you honour us, you deliver us and that you sustain us with long, healthy, good lives. And we bless you. And we thank you for that. And we abide in you and say, come abide in us. Let your word be life within us. Let it be on our lips in our hearts and minds, that you be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.